If I had a dollar for every time a Muslim, yes, a Muslim, not a non-Muslim, asks me why we can't date in Islam, I may never have to work again. Seriously. No, but I know we have heard the answer to this question from the halal and haram approach. We get it. We get that we're not supposed to do it. But then why is most of the world doing it? Why are we so different? I mean, what's the big deal? Well, today in this podcast episode, we're going to find out exactly not just the answer to that question, but the full detail, the real, real reason behind it that might actually get you to understand it for the first time and might have you thinking a bit differently about the way you look for love or a spouse or suggest others do it. Let's get to talking about it. Why can't we date in this lab? Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. If you've never heard me, this is Mindful Muslima, and I'm a licensed educator, a mother of five, and kind of a big sister to the community here talking about all types of issues about modern living as a Muslim related to love, relationships, parenting, homeschooling, life hacks, organization, everything under the sun about living a more mindful life by the sunnah. So today we're talking about a topic I am really excited about. Matter of fact, we are kicking off a month-long series on love. Love and stories about love and seeking love, looking for spouses, um, and just kind of wrapping our head around our community and the way we're supposed to approach love. And who is this podcast for? Well, this podcast is for so many levels of people. Just I don't want you to think it's only for people who are unmarried looking for love. Now, there are young people who truly need more information about the right way to go about things. But this podcast is also for parents because you know what? We eventually are responsible for making sure our children fall into the right hands in terms of marriage. So that responsibility means skilling up and getting educated on the right way to approach things. And lastly, you might not be looking, you might have kids, but you might know a sister or a family member who is. I mean, I don't know anybody who isn't, right? Everyone of us kind of have somebody in our life that is looking. And for us to be a resource to a loved one or a close friend, I mean, there's just nothing better. So please, like I said before, get your little cup of coffee, pull up to the table Clear your schedule for about 20, 30 minutes. I have something for you that, believe me, is one of the top asked questions like of the whole community to me when people start to get super close, super personal, and want to really ask about why we can't date in Islam. So before we get into that, I did want to give a shout out to a new type of community. So what happens is I usually always give a shout out to people who listen to me on IG and who share my stuff on IG stories and whatnot. But I got kind of called out the other day. Somebody said, hey, sis, we've been leaving you reviews on Apple Podcasts. Why don't you ever shout out any of us that leave reviews? So I totally hear you. I did not mean to leave you guys out. So I'm just going to read a really quick review from a sister named Miriam who uh, just gave me some love on Apple Podcasts. I want to just like give her some love back and just Share her thoughts. So Miriam said, where has this podcast been all my life? Finally, a podcast that is right on point with our community 
and what it's going through and gives intelligent and insightful advice. I'm so tired of these Muslim podcasts that take an hour to even make a point or that are full of useless talking. Thank you so much for all that you do. Keep doing it. And, you know, I just want to say thank you so much, Maryam, for, you know, leaving me. It took Maryam maybe like five minutes to leave that review, but I mean, she didn't have to. So I just want to say thank you so much, sis, because the truth is I make this podcast for all of us as a community thinking we need resources. We need to talk about some stuff. And, you know, you put stuff out into the world and you're not really sure if it's benefiting or how much it's benefiting. When you guys leave me reviews, you let me know that this is something that you guys want and you want me to keep making these things and they're affecting your life and benefiting. So thank you so much, Maryam. That was so sweet. And inshallah ta'ala, I'll keep working hard to give you more podcasts that are beneficial to your life and others, inshallah ta'ala. If you want to get a shout out on my podcast, you can leave a review, you can leave an IG story, whatever it is that you're just taking a step to build a village and share just information that you think would be beneficial to the community within your platforms and social media. So jazakumallahu khairan. Okay, so today's topic is why can't we date in Islam? Now, I would even maybe also add the question, why do we need to date? Or why do we think it's necessary or successful, right, in seeking love to date? So all these kind of things are looming together on this topic. And I thought I might just um, leave uh, or begin, excuse me, with a statistic on marriage and love and divorce even. So um, in America, since I'm here, you know, I just wanted to shout it out to everybody and let everybody know in the rest of the world what's kind of going on here. 6,600, there are 6,646 divorces a day, which means there are 46,523 divorces per week. And the basic total overall, once we look at marriages, 50% of all marriages are ending in divorce. Now, some people will say that statistics have gotten a tad bit better, but if you go through the spectrum of looking at people who have married and then remarried, it's pretty much still 50% when you look at multiple platforms that do statistics on marriage. So my question back to the person who's asking, why can't we date, is why do we think dating is a successful method when majority of these marriages were the result of dating and 50% of them are not ending well? Now, I'm thinking to myself, if there was a 50% chance that every time we got in a car, we'd get in a car crash, would we even drive? Do you know what I'm saying? I think we'd all be walking. But if marriage is such a problem, I think it's not a problem because marriage is a problem. I would argue that it's the way we approach marriage. So now that we're all convinced that we need to just kind of look a little bit closer at dating and the method of dating in making these successful quote-unquote marriages that it's claiming it's going to get us, I, I, I think we need to look a bit further into dating. And I mean, clearly the Western model is broken, all right? The statistics don't lie. But we might still be tempted to follow it. And so my wonder is why, and then kind of just wrapping our heads around why dating is something that we feel would be successful for us as Muslims in a community when we're kind of taught that it's not okay for us to do. So the first thing we need to do right now in this conversation, like anything else in life, it's really important that we define what we're talking about. So first, let's define dating for the the purpose of this podcast. So when I say dating, I'm talking about girls and guys, you know, starting to talk, 
maybe finding out commonalities between each other and, you know, kind of sharing their dreams and desires, right? So when people think of love, they think of all those like ushy gushy stuff where they're just kind of like finding the person that's going to be with them for the rest of their life. And they have to do that by talking. They have to do that by getting closer in terms of dating, right? That sounds all good so far. No harm in that, right? But that's not all of it, is it? It's 2019. That's not all that happens, right? I mean, let's stop playing like it's all rosy and innocent. What happens after that? Well, usually after you start to get to know someone, you're like kind of feeling that they could be the one that you can keep talking to. Usually crazy internal feelings of what we believe is love start to happen. People get love sick, right? Or some type of sickness, right? Then we get super overwhelming feelings, Then we get really curious. Then we want to get kind of affectionate and act out those feelings over time and express our love. And so we get physical. And that's kind of where it all leads into, right? Well, today I want to focus on all of the outcomes. What basically comes out of that whole process and and the success of it and kind of like if it's going to work for us as a community. Now, I wish it all stopped there, right? I wish that that's where relationships went. We could just talk, get to know each other, and all that stuff. But let me tell you what happens after that, after even getting physical. And the reason I know what happens after that is because, like I said, I've been in the community at least 20 years talking to Muslims. I'm like the big sister. Everybody, you know, comes up to me, whispers, pulls me to the side, And I have a laundry list of experiences that women have privately shared with me in the community. I have spoken in several communities across New York and even on certain platforms outside of New York. And I'm telling you, there is a huge Muslim community here if you know anything about this state. And I wish it was just in this state isolated. So I got on social media and I'm here and I'm there and I'm finding, yeah, this is a dilemma. This is something that is not just where I am. And what I mean by all of this is the majority of the relationships that we're talking about that start with dating carry on with intense drama at some level because the rules in the playing field in the Western dating scene is not the same as the rules in the Muslim dating scene in finding a spouse or the Muslim scene of courting or what have you. They're not the same, guys. What do I mean by that? Okay, let me break it down for exactly how the Western approach is a bit different than our approach. Okay, so I'm about to drop some truth. And I know if you have experience in dating, which of course I hope you don't, but if you had some experience in dating and you also know anyone who has been dating of your friends or family or anyone else, and you've seen enough movies, let's just face it, on Netflix or Hulu or anything else that you're watching, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I mention how the Western approach to dating is a bit different than what we're encouraged to do. So let's just talk about the differences um, in a general sense. So the first one is, it is totally normal for your guy or whatever that you're talking to, to be friends with other females. 
right? Now, in Islam, that's not allowed. But in the Western sense, all the time, you're going to see guys having other friends that are females. Now, we already know where that could go into trouble. But let's just hold on for that a second. Now, they... um not only can just talk to other women, but it's also, it's not seen as such a horrible thing or it's kind of seen almost normal sometimes that they might also have interest in more than one girl at once. And matter of fact, that used to be the old thing where just the guys would talk to more than one person at once, but now females are kind of doing it as well. And so it's kind of this weird gray area where you don't really know if the person you're talking to is talking to someone else. Now you're saying like, how could you not know? Well, guys, there are social media chats and platforms all over. So he could be talking to you on one platform and totally talking to 10 girls on another platform and also having a girl locally where he lives that he's talking to or a girl back home that he's talking to as well. So you can see the dilemma that's building here. And you know what? Men, oh, that's just talking as friends, okay? Just friends, women everywhere. It's totally encouraged for that any man in the West to just have female friends everywhere. And I'm wondering, hmm, can any of those females maybe have a crush on them and be waswissing in their ear every day, right? So the next thing is, yeah, it's kind of not seen as wrong sometimes, depending on who you're talking to, that men can also kind of date someone else behind your back. I mean, again, how would you really, really know? Yes, you could go through his phone, but he could also have apps that he has locks and passwords on, or he could be slick and have two phones. I mean, I've heard it all. So that's the third thing. The next is, and for people who have children around with little ears, I'm going to say a couple words in the podcast, not totally horrible, but I do want to say right here, pause it if you have little people in the room and you're playing this outside, but I want to say a word that might not be so kosher for them. So the fourth one is men do watch porn in the West. It is totally normalized. It's not seen as anything um, as bad as it is in the West, in the Muslim world, but they do do that. And, you know, they have desires and sometimes those desires can get out of control and they've seen all types of things they might be thinking. So your little innocent conversation or trying to figure out about dating, they have seen a lot with their ears and eyes, their eyes and heard with their ears. So believe me, they're coming from a less innocent place mentally. And that's understandable if that's what they've been exposed to. The other thing is in the Western world, cheating is prevalent. Now, I'm not saying it's not in the in the Muslim world. We do have our issues. But for the most part, it's seen as something that happens. It's understood. And it isn't considered haram in the same way that we consider it haram. There's a different approach. I mean, in the West, you have people of all different types of nationalities. You have people of all different types of religious backgrounds. Some don't really practice their religion. Some are atheists. The accountability factor is just not the same as in our community. Okay. And let's just talk about the worst case scenario. You can get pregnant and not have anyone to take care of you if you date in a Western situation. I know Muslim sisters who have gotten themselves into that. It's not that you're going to drag him off to the imam, guys, and complain to the imam that he got you knocked up. It's not that you can go to his parents and complain that he now needs to marry you because he's gotten you pregnant. This is real life. These are not Muslims. This is a different scenario and a different outlook on how women are treated and kind of what our rights are and what their obligations are. So why are we told to avoid this practice that sounds like a nightmare, dating? 
Well, I think at this point, the answer should be obvious if you're just thinking clearly as a female. So I'm not talking about religious verses. If you've noticed, I haven't even thrown out hadith or Quran. I'm speaking completely to logic at this point, guys. So to me, the answer should be kind of obvious. But if you haven't grasped it yet, I'm going to totally lay it out on the table for you. Every day, us Muslims are bombarded with music lyrics. We're encouraged to go out and date and quote-unquote find love, right? We see YouTube videos after YouTube video with couples and messages telling us that this is what we're supposed to do in our 20s and 30s, right? We're supposed to live it up, find somebody, have fun, don't commit, don't get married, just kind of like extend our youth and our fun as long as possible. So many plots and so many of the movies that we watch are based in like the boy meets girl, a girl meets boy, they fall in love, happily ever after. I mean, we're even told fairy tales as children, all about dating and romance and doing it the traditional Western way, right? I mean, we're kind of encouraged day and night from all different angles, except one thing. Sounds great, except one thing. The statistics don't lie, guys. The number of girls DMing me on IG and all of the other Muslim figures out there are trying to help our people. I mean, I have people DMing me in serious fits of depression, suicide, or for guys, like gut-wrenching, begging me, begging me for help. And it's not just me. I mean, honestly, it feels like I'm a firefighter in a town that is ablaze, and there's only one of me, and there's too many people to save. And there's just me, only me experiencing and expressing what I am getting talked about day in and day out. What about all the other people that are being called for help or getting questions or emails regarding this topic? I mean, to be honest, guys, I'm just going to tell you from the perspective of the person that has to deal with all of the drama, dating, it kind of is full of pain. It's full of drama. It leaves women just completely unprotected. And that's the real message if you get nothing else out of today. It keeps us exposed and vulnerable and unprotected from the most basic of human rights as females. We think the West is all modern, and I'm not knocking the West here, guys. I'm talking specifically about the practice of dating. It's glorified, and yet, in its own self, their own statistics are showing the failure of this practice. Why in the world, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us so much as his beloved creation, would he want us to endure such suffering as females and to be left unprotected? Well, the good news is he doesn't. He's smarter than us, alhamdulillah, subhanAllah. And, you know, our hearts are blind and sometimes our desires are blind, but he is protecting us with sound logic. And that's why I love this dean. It teaches us to see beyond the hype. It truly protects us as women like no other dean or practice or, 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 or approach does. I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the believing man is for the believing woman and vice versa, okay? So the approach, alhamdulillah, of Islam is so much more beneficial for women, and let me explain how. In Islam, if no one has explained this to you before, I'm going to tell you right now, so you can feel really good about where our deen leaves us as females. In Islam, the men, the good men, are not permitted to have female friends. 
I mean, if you haven't already caught it, guys, go back and listen to my podcast, Why Men and Women Can't Be Friends. And I will do, again, the halal haram approach. I'm giving you approaches you've never heard because I know we've all heard those. There is a video I reference. It's actually written by non-Muslims. It is hilarious in the sense that it actually has them kind of speaking for us and proving the point for us. And you go back and I'll maybe link it below in the show notes where you could get the exact podcast where I d- explain that whole thing. So the friends, having friends of opposite sexes is not a good thing. It's not to our benefit for sure if, if the guy has female friends at all and vice versa. So first of all, in Islam, they're not allowed to have female friends. We're not allowed to have male friends. It's all even and equal, right? They're not allowed to court or date multiple women at once. It's not allowed for the men. The men right, who try to marry us, they're not allowed to watch porn. They're not allowed to sleep with you and leave you. They can't get you pregnant and leave you. In Islam, there are actual consequences for all of these things. In the Western society, there are not. Even if you go to court and you're married, you're denied a lot of rights because the rights in Islam and the way Islam deals with law and stuff is not the same way as the Western world. So you're not allowed to be left like totally taken advantage of in Islam. Even even in that sense, the way I'm describing with the whole dating, they can't. If you have met a man who has done such things in a relationship to you that is a Muslim, this is not halal. And he's not allowed to do that. And I don't know how he's getting away with it. Maybe you did it secretly, but he's not allowed to do those things to you. He's not allowed to take advantage of you. He's not allowed to be like hanging out in the club, smoking hookah and hanging out with you and chatting on the phone. If, if you have been exposed to that and you thought that's what Islam allowed, then I'm sorry, somebody is not doing the right thing. And I'm sorry that's happening to you, but that is actually not allowed. Islam has very high standards, very high accountability and complete rights for women. Who's going to punish a guy in the Western world that you're dating that betrays you? I mean, honestly, who are you going to complain to, guys? You can't go to his parents and complain or the local, uh, you know, religious leader. They're just going to laugh in your face. You can't go to the cops and say, this guy got me pregnant and now he's leaving me here and not paying for the kid. Or you can go to court and you could try to get child support. Have fun with that. You got to take genetic testing. He can refuse to do it. It is a rough road. Believe me, I know I talk to women on a daily basis. So I'll help you out. No police are coming. No imams are coming. His parents won't be called to give you a recompense. He won't be taken to court. Nothing. Good luck. You're on your own. You're vulnerable. You're alone, left to be taken advantage of and used. Okay, so wait. So you get it. You see why dating might not be the best of ideas. But then, okay, really, What's the alternative? Well, I'm going to tell you what happened to me. For the past 20 years, I sat with women and I heard these stories one by one, right? I got DMs from them. I've taken them for coffee. I've heard all their stories. And guess what? Like I said, I felt like I was at a town that was on fire and I was the only fire person, right? And I felt super responsible. I said, I cannot believe if this is happening to these women, like if this is happening to all these other women, and no one is there to help them. No one is there to talk to them about these things. Well, guess what? Alhamdulillah, we have these beautiful Muslim leaders and scholars. They're there to help us, right? But our women aren't going to talk to them. Our women are not talking to them about their dating problems, about their boyfriends that they shouldn't be having and they're keeping from their parents. I mean, they're not talking to them about any of that. Our women just won't go to them and tell them what their deal is. So they come to women like me. 
And I do my best in all that I can to share my voice, but I could only do so much in, in my local community, right? So one day I was praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about it, and I got the idea to take my voice and all of my experience and help women beyond my physical space. How? Through my podcast. When the Mindful Muslima podcast was made, I had just a couple listeners. But after months and months, eventually I have about 100,000 people, maybe just in five months, listening to me as opposed to the maybe 100 local people that I could help. And I felt really grateful. Our people were getting advice. They were getting help. And I saw a way to get this information out to the community. I thought, again, What I could do, what I could change for our community would be immense if I could just get this message out. So I started to put it out on this podcast and doing episodes like this. So what I want to tell you is I have been working on so many things. I will continue to put out podcasts with the answers to these things, but I have a super special announcement that I want to make for you guys. I know like Podcasts are totally helpful and everything, but I want to get even closer to you guys. I want to get even more helpful. So I'm creating, and it's starting probably mid-December, a Facebook Live series where I'm going to come on and give you even more information. I'm going to give you a chance to interact with me personally on these types of topics. After that, I'm going to be doing a exclusive limited edition Facebook group It's only going to last maybe five to 10 days. We're going to have a challenge. And in the challenge, I'm going to be giving away prizes and something even up to $250 US. And I'm going to be talking to you about ways that you could start to approach this and think this differently. And I'm going to be giving you some more free, like totally free. All the stuff I'm talking about is free, guys. Totally free tools and resources. And if you're interested in even more, if that's something you're into and you feel like that has totally benefited you and you just want even more information, I'm going to be releasing a course in January with the rest of all the questions that I couldn't answer in those for the people that are interested. So I just want you to know about mid-December, you can look for the Facebook Live. About the end of December, the pop-up group is going to open for a limited edition time. And then in January, the course is going to open. So I have been hearing your cries for help. I'm so committed to keep putting out all this free information and podcasts and Facebooks and Facebook groups and everything. I just want to let you know I am here to give you continuous support. And this is the beginning and not the end of this discussion. So if you have any questions or comments on this, please feel free to do as you always do and DM me on Instagram. I cannot wait to hear what you have to contribute to this conversation. And I cannot wait to hear what we can do together to change the love scene in the Muslim community. Thank you so much for joining today. Share this with the person you feel what could benefit. I'll talk to you in the next one. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.